0: From the Lake Erie shores of Northeast Ohio and Los Angeles, Rock and Roll Capital of the World and birthplace of the comic book superhero, faster than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive, able to leap tall buildings
1: at a
2: single bound.
0: This is the Panel Scanners Podcast since 2012.
1: Welcome to the panel scanners. We are going to jump right back in kind of where we left off last time, a little earlier this month, uh, where uh, Darren actually started this whole thing uh, last month, actually, uh, talking about our different Mount Rushmores. uh, And Darren keeps coming up with different things that we can talk about. So, Darren, what are we diving into tonight?
0: Yeah, you threw me for a loop there when you said we're going to pick up right where we left off last time. And like we're still talking about what now? Um, no, well,
1: last time I mentioned that we would be talking about this. Okay. Whatever, Darren, just continue.
0: Yeah, so um, we we did last month our very first Mount Rushmore, the Panel Scanners podcast, and each one of us selected four people um, that we thought most influenced us in this little bubble we like to call pop culture, And uh, we replaced the faces of the four presidents uh, on the uh, Washington Monument with what we thought would be our top selections. And this month, we're going to get a little bit more uh, specific. And we're going to go with the Mount Rushmore of Batman villains. Now, one of the things we like to do on this podcast is we like to index things and find new ways of indexing things. Like uh, some of our more popular episodes are our top tens. Or sometimes if we don't want to do a top ten, we'll just p- we'll pick uh, two honorable mentions and a selection for a smaller segment. And just this is just a new way of presenting some things. Maybe giving them a little bit more prestige, a little bit more importance um, than just simply let's go with our top three something or other. But these are the uh, are the people that we think, or characters or creators or whatever, we think are our favorite representations of the topic. And this month, uh, we're going to go with the Mount Rushmore of Batman villains. Now, I don't think it's an exaggeration to say that... Um, the Rogues gallery that is heads and tails above everybody else's is Batman. Um, and I just love that term rogues gallery. And he just his villains, I think are in pop culture are far more recognizable and far more identifiable than uh, perhaps any any other superhero or any other character we can think of. Um, and honestly, I will say I think that's largely in due to the 1966 television series which sort of ingrained those characters into the pop culture lexicon in which then subsequent portrayals uh, were picked up, like the Joker from Jack Nicholson and then you know the Penguin from Danny DeVito and Jim Carrey's Riddler building off of Frank Gorshin, Burgess Meredith, and Cesar Romero. And some may even see, say some of the portrayals were uh, superior at the time. Plus, I think the animated series has a lot to do with it. But these are characters that also, a lot of them been around since, God, the 1940s. When you're talking about some of these Batman villains, you're really getting into the history of comics and comics creation. So I'm going to go ahead and kick it off. Um, you know what? I was trying to think who the honorable mentions would be. I'll just go with the field in this one um, because there are just so many great Batman villains. To leave anyone out seems almost criminal, pun intended. But I will mention one person that is not on my Mount Rushmore that in particular that I will place in my honorable mentions, and that is the Joker. Um, wow. In my honorable mentions, for a couple of reasons. I love the Joker, but I think the Joker is the Batman what the Great White Shark is to Shark Week. We all know about it. There are other sharks out there that I think are very interesting as well. There's just most of the, and I do agree that most of the bat, Great Batman stories do involve the Joker to some degree, but God, there's just so much more out there. And I also feel like we're probably going to talk to him. You guys are probably – some one of us is going to have him. If not, then I think we may just absolutely obliterate whatever credibility we have if none of us if, if none of us somehow has the Joker at our Mount Rushmore. But anyway. So this isn't your Mount, uh, Mount Rushmore. Then. This is my Mount Rushmore of Batman villains. It's really not, though. It cause is. Because you're not <laughs> picking the Joker. No, I will say I put – Because you're, you're not picking him out of Spike. No, 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 no. I actually do think that when I read Batman stories, the four people I have on here, I do find uh, I like a little bit better. And one of them is a bit of a wild card. Um, So, no, I I would pick these guys. And and one of them I could slide in for a bunch of other characters. And it's just, you know, I, I think a lot of times we talk about how, you know, ask us on a different day, we might give you a different answer. And this is definitely someone I've been engaging with, a character I've been engaging with a lot recently. But occupying the George Washington spot, on my panel scanners, Mount Rushmore is Ra's al Ghul, um, and I think that you know we identified that the top spot is probably the George Washington spot, um, and I think my favorite Batman villain is Ra's al Ghul. In the other in years, it's been somebody else too, but he was created by Denny O'Neill and Neil Adams along with Julius Schwartz. First appearance was in Batman two thirty two. That's nineteen seventy one, um, and I think that. Ra's al Ghul presents the biggest threat to Batman physically and intellectually. Uh, you know, when you you talk about a story with Razal Ghul, a lot of times it also takes Batman out of Gotham City, which I, I really enjoy when Batman's sort of somewhat out of his element. Although you can claim some of the Batman portrayals, he's never out of his element. Um, and uh, some of his key moments were basically any time he appeared. During the O'Neill and Adams run, in which he was created, uh, Batman the anim- animated series, he was used terrifically. Um, of course, the introduction of the Lazarus Pit, um, which uh, you know has become a very popular DC uh, rabbit out of the hat kind of a thing that they've used for a plot device. Um, Batman Begins, he was used expertly, um, just an absolutely you know. When we all thought Liam Neeson was playing lot, Ra's al Ghul, and then he wasn't, then he was. So it was it was pretty cool. And in Arrow, season three, he was uh, it was a really good uh, foil for Arrow in season three. So Ra's al Ghul, a lot of flexibility. He presents problems for everybody in the DC universe, not just Batman. And he occupies the George Washington spot on my Batman villain Mount Rushmore.
1: I'll jump in. Second here, so I actually – okay, so I obviously am not as big of a Batman fan as you two. I just – I'm not. I'm not as well-versed in it. Uh, I grew up with the animated series. I've read a spattering of comics throughout the years. Um, It took a lot of pushing for me to even read the Court of Owls stuff when the New 52 dropped. Uh, So I I had a lot of like – I struggled with this a little bit. So I really sat back and I thought – When I think Batman, what are the storylines and villains that are tied to the storylines that really kind of caught me? I do have one honorable mention, uh, which is going to be Mr. Freeze, more so because I've always enjoyed the way that um, Batman and he he interact and the fact that his driving force isn't always – it's so hard to like think that he's completely evil because he's just trying to bring his wife back in some sense um in, in many of the stories so uh whatever mr free so but my top spot is the one that darren had decided to completely leave off his mount rushmore uh would be the joker first appearance in batman number one of uh 1940 created by bill finger and jerry robinson Oh, my God. Where to even start with Joker? I think Joker, in my brain, is the person that has tormented Batman the most. Uh, I mean, last last episode, we talked about him killing Robin. We've talked about all these horrible things that he has done. Even when you think about big screen, uh, Tim had mentioned that the two big awards that have been dropped on movies have been people playing Joker because he's such a rich character with so much mystery and... Oh man, he, he he caused the paralysis of Barbara Gordon. He killed Jason Todd. Uh, he didn't. We he also killed kill...
0: Jason Todd. Everybody, let's just. I mean, the those who voted killed Jason Todd.
1: Uh-huh. and um, yeah. didn't he kill one of Gordon's wives? Sure, I'm I'm sure he did. I, I I seem to remember that. Um, and I I mean, he's just he's so ridiculous. Like. I just it's one of those things that i can't think batman and not see the joker the joker is just such a driving force behind everything he does um i don't know i don't know i don't know what else to say i feel like tim is probably going to jump on this at some point also oh, I am um if you if he doesn't i i don't even know i don't know you two anymore
0: <laughs> so
1: so my top spot absolutely goes to the joker
0: Well, Well, let's see where Tim goes with this before I jump in on the Joker. What's that? I said, I want to see where you go with this before I jump in on the Joker.
2: Where I go with this? I don't know. Well, who's your... I didn't know that we were supposed to uh, list debut issues and creators. You don't worry about all that. Boy, you guys are hardcore. Who's I just on had my research pulled up from earlier?
0: Who occupies your George Washington spot on the Batman villain Mount Rushmore, Tim? Listen,
2: I know it was obviously it's crazy quilt. Of... <laughs> I will oh, gave it to
0: Condiment King.
2: Yeah, I was going to say Condiment King. That's right. My mistake was Condiment King. Of course, it's the Joker. It's it could only be the Joker. I. You, he is, uh, I think Christopher Nolan said said it best, where he, uh, the Joker, he's like the shark from Jaws. He's just always there. He's mm-hmm. just always been there. There's no, or he, he's just always been there. There's no, I like the best when, I mean, as we've gotten further along, they've tried to give him, you know, more of an origin story and things like that. I mean, there is a reason why, this guy has um, been a villain in five Batman movies. Yes, I said five. Uh, Batman 66 had uh, a movie.
1: That's <laughs> the one that I was forgetting. <laughs>
2: yes, Cesar Romero. Hey, because the kind of
1: animated ones is more, isn't it?
2: Oh, yeah, here we go. Yeah, that's right. That wasn't it. Th- thank you. You're Everywhere. right. Yes, yes, six. I mean, the dude is just, he's this utter chaos. Uh, dude He's utter chaos. And he's he's in love with Batman. He is in love with him. You know, he... uh, If Joker has a meaning, it is to, you know, cause turmoil for Batman. Um, He essentially... I mean, he represents everything that Batman is trying to get under control. And just like the Joker... Batman will never get everything under control. He can't get the Joker under control. The whole Batman's um, whole reason, this battle, this war on crime, he he can't win it. He will never win it. And it's, um, I think the Joker ultimately represents that. I mean, just sometimes bad things happen. Sometimes chaos just happens and there's, not much you can do about it. I mean, all those things that you mentioned, Phil. Yeah. I mean, they, you know, the Jason Todd and, oh man, I mean the whole thing with, you know, crippling Barbara Gordon. I mean, he is just the ultimate, he, I mean, he's a clown. Clowns creep me out to begin with, you know, he is just, he is just total, polar opposite of Batman, and I, I think he's just the perfect foil for him.
0: Yeah, the Joker is certainly, when you're talking about villain, he's one of the first images that'll pop in your head. Darth Vader, Joker. I mean, it's going to be one of those two uh, to some degree. Um, and one of the cool things I, I remember in the early days of the web, when DC Comics first put their very first website out, you can go and access all these character biographies, and the Joker's was so excellently written. And the first thing you say, you see is just his picture. And it says the Joker has committed sins that defy logic, and he is, you know, everyone talks about who's the most intelligent, the smartest person. Like you talk about Batman and Superman and you know Professor X and all these people, but the Joker's right up there, man. And he's just—he is smart. You're right. You're right. I mean, mean, he is just—he's—he's one step ahead of Batman sometimes, and that's scary. And just just from pure visual striking appearance, I mean, it's a clown. It's so simplistic. It's so simple. It's so easy where you have these high concept villains like Magneto and maybe some of the Spider-Man villains, but the Joker is simplicity at its finest. It's a clown. And you're, and and not, you're, either, um, you're either not bothered by clowns or they creep you out. And so here it comes and, it'll, and it's just this, Anytime you see, Phil, you said it very well. You see Batman, you see the Joker in your Uh head. Um, And yeah, I mean, the the Joker is just one of those villains that, I mean, he, he, he defines villain. And it's kind of one of those, so many villains like Negan. He is a carbon copy of like what the Joker probably is, you know? He's, he is basically on there being the Joker in The Walking Dead, to me. That's really what I what I, I saw Negan as. And that, that's like, so many villains are like that. Like, so many portrayals are like, you're going to be like a Joker-like villain, you know? Um, so, yeah. I mean, think you it, need to
1: chisel a fifth head up there, Darren, because... Uh...
0: Well, again, well, again, you know, I'd like to point out that this is why we always talk about our favorites and there are how many Batman villains and he's right, he's not there, but I do find some of my villains to be, you know, again, if you ask me on a different day, I'll give you a different answer. We always say that. Um, but, all right, so, I mean, you can say that all you want. And, by the way, I mean, our, our current president has already, uh, has already, you know, made implications or has, has contacted those necessary to get his head on the current Mount Rushmore. I'm not lying about that. So maybe in a year I'll just be able to go ahead and put him on there, okay?
2: To get the Joker's head on no, Mount Rushmore, to get Donald, I mean Donald just do Trump I wants mean, to put his
0: head on Mount Rushmore. So now, if you want to put Donald Trump's head on there and then paint it like the Joker, okay, it's cool. It's about as political as we're going to get, and it's a freaking joke, people. All right, so calm down.
1: <laughs> well, the the request to do it's not a joke, sadly, but everything else. No,
0: unfortunately, it's not. I mean, you, stay the, on target. I feel, like, I feel like you have to stay on, on target. target. Yeah, thank you, Tim. Um, all right, so occupying the Thomas Jefferson spot on my panel scanners, Mount Rushmore, is Two-Face, um, created by Bill Finger and Bob Kane. First appearance, Detective Comics, number 66, 1942. Represents Batman's greatest failure in at least Batman's eyes. Um, Batman the Animated Series, Batman the Long Halloween, The Dark Knight will probably be his uh, you know, his most key appearances. Um in um in popular media. And you know, one of the things, uh, I think I got this shortly before you joined the podcast, Tim, and I gotta remember this for the next time we do what Tim should be reading, is they recovered the script. D C comics writers recovered the script for Two Faces appearance in the nineteen sixty six series, which was to be played by Clint Eastwood. Two Face was going I to heard show rumors up. To that. So they did they they did a comic for it and I have it. It's pretty cool. Um so I think the two face is Batman is what I said is Batman's biggest failure, at least in Batman's eyes. He was a friend. He was a colleague. He was a, he was a brother in arms and it all went South. And I think Batman partly blames himself for that. Um, He hates the fact that that trio of justice, uh, Gordon, dent and Batman, uh, which were about to bring an end to corruption and organized crime in Gotham City cost Dent his, his credibility, his justice, his career. He cost him everything. And now he's this broken figure and Batman blames himself. Um, and Two-Face is, to me, uh, I like Two-Face because he's what the Joker isn't. He hates Batman. He wants to break Batman. He wants to end Batman and he wants to be the one to do it. And he's a little bit more brutal. Where the Joker is very theatrical, Two Face is just this—you know—I'm gonna flip the coin, and you're either living or dead. You know, and I I think a lot of times, you know, I like the comics now where he just sort of, you know, twiddling with the coin. He's just like messing with it. He doesn't really inform his decision making, but he just sort of has it. Um, So I, I always thought that he's like, to me, he was like the mob boss, the brutal mob boss who was out there. And um, he knows he hurts Batman, and he wants to go on hurting Batman.
1: Hmm, I have always really liked Two Face. Great I, choice. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like, I feel like he was the one that I struggled to connect with when I was really young. But I feel like as I've gotten older, like the duplicity of human life is is just. I think he does such a great job of representing that on the pages. And I don't know, maybe, maybe Darren or, or Tim, one of you guys could guide me into something other than like the long Halloween. That is a uh, very two face heavy for me too.
0: I have a two face annual, which is from like 1990 where two face has captured Batman and he's just having a conversation with him and the conversations gets more and more intense as the, the issue goes on, it's very well done. I haven't read it in years. I'll have to dig it out. It's it's uh, okay. It's one of those. Yeah, it's pretty cool.
1: Cool. You got anything to add to, Face? Tim, before I jump into mine?
0: Uh, no.
2: No, not right now. I, oh. it, it, Darren, okay. Uh, Fair I, enough. Well, but yeah.
1: I'm <laughs> okay. Um uh, my second face on my Mount Rushmore is something that I think it jumped into my head initially because when I started reading Batman, this was a big villain. My second face is Bane. First appearance, Batman Vengeance of Bane, created by Chuck Dixon, Doug Munch, and Graham Nolan. Um, I mean my my first like batman run growing up was nightfall like i read all so much nightfall and i'm not saying it's good i haven't revisited it ever as an adult um which maybe i should at some point but that's
0: that's tim's retro for next month by the way Uh. (laughs) um
1: i know i know that it gets it gets some heat um i know bane himself gets a little i've
0: heard the heat
1: yeah um, but it's – I don't think it's so much – I think it's more of a fondness for bringing me into comics and how brutal comics could be. Um, I hadn't experienced quite something as big as uh, one of my main heroes being completely broken and unable to do anything prior to this. And Bane was the the leading point of that. Um, and, uh, yeah, I just – I don't know. There's something about it. I and mean, I can't, I can't put my finger on it. I don't think in any interpretation I've seen of him since then, which probably reflects that he's not that great to begin with, but, um, <laughs> any, anything that I've seen afterward, like, uh, Arkham Asylum or, um, oh man, there was another one that was on the tip of my head, but I, whatever, it, it's gone. Um, these other oh the batman movie that he was in it just doesn't do as much as like nightfall did for me um and again this is this is rose-colored glasses for sure i i can readily admit that but it is the idea that i mean the whole point of this is it's our opinion at the time and bane was one of the first people that came to mind and that's how i usually do these lists like if people pop into my head first they're the ones that fall on the list and then i do a little research to see if they still fit and just looking at nightfall and remembering how I responded to it is why Bane is there.
0: No, I saw gonna... the
1: pain look
2: in your guys' faces though.
1: So
0: oh, it's no, funny. No. go ahead, Tim, please. I, I have, I, I have a story say, to tell about you, but please go ahead. The
2: one of uh, the nightfall series and the character of Bane, as you said, one of your introductions to all of this was the very story and characters that got me out of comics. <laughs> so I, well, I, find, I find that interesting. Me, 20 years on me, man. I was a kid. Well,
0: <laughs> let me tell you, because I, I, I was going to say, I, I would have made a wild assumption that Bane will not be appearing on Tim's list going forward. Um, Tim, if I mentioned moto photo, do you remember what I'm talking about? Sure. So I met Tim, I believe it was 95, maybe, 1995. It was 95, and I started working at the same engineering for Intended, and uh, it was we became friends pretty quickly. Um, and it was based on our mutual love and adoration of Batman. Now, very early on, maybe the first week I'm working there, here comes uh, this Jesus-looking dude walking down the hallway, and that was Tim, long hair, goatee drove what was it a, a a photon what was that car a laser a photon <laughs> what was the what was it that it was
2: either? an ion cannon was you a, almost made that man spit his water that is yeah, not yeah, okay yeah.
0: okay so uh he had this red uh it was it was what dudes drove when they couldn't afford a real hot rod um <laughs> and you know that's true and he had the batman seat I cushions oh i did too um and you know the batman uh the batman uh floor mats it was awesome and i was like one of those things where i had said that i really really loved nightfall and he got visibly shaken i still remember this because i think it was at one point like i think i've either i've made a friend for life or i'm this man may kill me um But we, we, to, we're, it's still, it's still up for debate. Is this okay? <laughs> well, this is, it's a good thing. We're going virtual right now, but we, one of our tasks was when the engineers would go out and take photographs of, of, uh, to, of the landscapes, we would have to run the film to moto photo, which was roughly 25 minutes up the road. And I mentioned this in, and I'm only there like a week. And Tim goes, you're coming with me. And he, he, he I, there's no way Tim had the stroke to do this. I don't think, but he did because I mean, and he put me in his car and we drove both of us on the clock to Moto Photo. And he lectured me the entire time about why I was wrong and how I didn't get it. And this went on and I was like, my God. I mean, he was, he was like, you, you, so you like this? And he would like, so you like the people being tired? So you like this? And he kept telling me what I liked and why it was stupid. I'm like, my God. And that, and that went on. And then like, I remember like, I, there were times where I, I, cultivated those reactions from Tim and there are times I do it still <laughs> um, that but, is
2: fantastic mostly because I have zero recollection of this I, I mean I remember MotoPhoto and I remember getting taking things up to Moto Photo all the time I have no recollection oh of me doing that to you and having that conversation and I love that I was going to say knowing you I can see that though. I
0: remember it so well because I believe it there, you know, you and I both know there were times in that company where it was dead. Like, there was just – you were searching for things to do. And in those times, I would intentionally bring something up like – I remember, like, before that happened, I told you that my favorite Batman movie was Mask of the Phantasm, and I think you instantly went, okay, you're cool. And then I think I mentioned that, and you're like, I must save him. He's on the right track. He knows that Batman Mask of the Phantasm is the best Batman movie, but he also likes Nightfall. There is hope for this young lad. I will will set him straight. And I, and I and I I still remember that it was so funny because I was like okay I found someone who's just as passionate to me but now this person is putting me in his car and lecturing me for forty minutes. So that is
2: so great. Awesome. I so thank you for sharing that with me because like I said I don't remember and yeah that was something I totally would have done and that's. Man, that's wonderful.
0: And I also remember how much I, I said I like Superman better than Batman, and you followed me around the office telling me how I was wrong about that, too.
2: Well, you are, but. Yeah. See, <laughs> But in all honesty,
0: um, you know, this podcast is sort of born out of those conversations we had. So I don't know if uh, this is a great place to start lecturing me about uh, anything like Nightfall, because I do I haven't read it in a long time, and I do at some point want to retro review it with you, Tim. Yeah, I maybe the three of us should we probably should probably Very should different opinions all right this might be the impetus for that one
2: um that being said my second spot goes to bane naturally <laughs> um because
1: <laughs> it ruined batman for you <laughs>
2: right. saved you got alone. me up no my second spot goes to Catwoman. okay um my favorite uh, cat and winged mouse relationship no listen this <laughs> she she is my yeah, I know it was horrible um, <laughs> my favorite of batman's love interests I mean she's just something else and she is such a she's a great pair for him and a horrible pair for him. You know, they're, they're great together and horrible together at the same time. Cause it's one of those things where, man, they really get each other, but really never going to work. I mean, she struggles with, you know, duality. She has a great inner conflict where, I mean, she wants to be good and, you know, she's, trying to listen to that influence of Batman to be good. But (laughs) she's a thief, man. She, she's, you know, she's got some bad tendencies. And I, I mean, because of that, even though she works so great with Batman, he can never really trust her. So, I mean, when you're basing your entire relationship of not being able to trust someone, I mean, that's really, you know, going to fall apart, but I mean, she's just, uh, I mean, let's face it. I mean, she's gorgeous and graceful. She's got this cool whip, you know, the costume is great. And, you know, she's, she, she can stand toe to toe with Batman. I mean, she's just, uh, it's, it's one of those great things like when you watch a show and you see two main characters, will they, won't they, you know, the male lead, the female lead. I mean, it's kind of like, to me, that's like the ultimate with this. It's uh, there's always something in, you know, between them, you know, it's, but ultimately, like I said, I just could never see it working. I know they did the whole marriage thing. I didn't really, uh that was recent but i didn't really pay too much
0: attention to that because it was recent um
2: but uh i don't
0: know did
1: it actually happen
0: i you know it's funny at the time i was reading batman comics but of course i was reading detective not batman and and it ended exactly how you thought it was going to end she left him at the altar see i didn't read it but i knew that that's what i predicted and and that's what i
1: figured that's what happened
2: and there you go. I mean, that is just ultimately how their relationship is doomed to be. These these two people who are so perfect for each other, yet at the same time are so horrible for each other. You know, so I I just think she's uh, just a fantastic character. And that's why she gets my uh, second spot.
0: Excellent. Uh, well, Tim, sure. occupying my the Theodore Roosevelt spot on my panel scanners, Mountain Rushmore, is Catwoman. Um, (laughs) created by bill finger and bob kane first appearance batman number one 1940 key moments i don't know pick one um (laughs) everything you just said is so right um i always think of uh, julie newmar ertha Kitt, lee merriweather from the 66 series each of them excellent in their own right michelle pfeiffer was the highlight of that you know, every now and then I search a list when we're researching for this and I see Batman Returns being one of the greatest superhero movies of all time. And I think I'm with you, Tim. I'm like, that thing is weird. I don't. Okay, if you say so. But she's absolutely the highlight of that film. Um, she's every man's fantasy for sure and Batman's biggest weakness. Um, and I sort of have a theme here with mine. I, you know, Batman's uh, biggest threat. His uh, biggest weakness and his biggest failure are the, are mine, and Catwoman de- definitely represents his biggest weakness. It's the one thing where he is... Perhaps his judgment is a bit clouded. He's uncertain of which way his moral compass is going to lead him, because he has seen this woman a criminal, certainly not to the level of the Joker, a 2 Face. She's a thief. She's definitely self-absorbed, but at the same time he knows that she's got her own code and she follows that code and she doesn't want to see people get hurt. And and to that degree, she becomes an ally. Um, And everything, everything about her, every costume she's been in, she's every single man's fantasy. Um, And, you know, I am no different. When my wife uh, dressed as Catwoman a couple of years ago, I was extraordinarily satisfied with that. I was very happy. Um, I think we've all had that at some point. And, She's a very, she's of Batman's villains, perhaps the deepest character. I mean, the Joker's fantastic. He's sort of a one-dimensional character. I mean, it's, it's fantastic. I mean, you don't really want much more than him. But there's layers to Catwoman, which is why Batman still is interested and in why that relationship still works and why that marriage. I, I, from my understanding and from what people I read, the, the storyline itself was fantastic. It ended in the only way it could end and the only way you want it to end. She's a wild card. Um, I, I, I will say that I felt that unfortunately she was the biggest weakness of, uh, the Dark Knight Returns, um, the Batman, the third Batman Nolan film. Uh, but and any other, any other thing I've seen her in, she has been, she has a presence. She, when she shows up, you know, which way the story is going to go and you're excited to see it. And my, maybe my one moment is the animated series her first appearance you, you, it says everything you need to say about batman and the catwoman where he sees her get away and he looks up and he whistles and he goes so our new cat burglar is a woman and you're like yep batman's on it he knows what's going on it was such a great way to introduce their relationship when he's he's you can tell he's very attracted he's also extremely impressed by what he just saw
2: that was the first the very first episode of the animated series that aired was the cat in the claw um and that was the my first introduction to that series and that chase across the rooftops and that scene that you just said and as soon as i watched that i'm like okay i'm in yeah yeah i agree well said darren very good um my third spot
1: uh, which I'm not going to talk about an immense amount because Darren touched on it already. Uh, Raz Al Ghul, um, not doing all the background stuff because you did it already. Um, main reason that he showed up on my list is because he was the first Batman villain that I saw that I was I wanted to know more about his history right away um, because he didn't seem like all these other over the top dressed in crazy things he wasn't a clown he wasn't this big muscular guy breaking backs he wasn't flipping a coin with messed up face like he he was almost like vampiric and i was like this is a cool idea and uh just learning more about like the lazarus pits and the fact that he really makes batman look inward and struggle with his own self um and like the the respect he gives batman I think is very cool and uh, kind of why he he's nudged his way in other than all the things that Darren already said. Um, I stayed quiet because I had it hidden a couple faces down. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. So Ra's al Ghul is, is my third. I was, I was quick on that one.
2: <laughs> no, it's fine. He's he's a great, great, great choice. Um, my third, uh, spot is one also already that has been mentioned by Darren and it is two face. Um, And I, again, I won't talk a lot about it just mainly because Darren really hit it. He, he really said everything that I wanted to say. Um, There's great parallels between, you know, the uh, Bruce and Batman and the two because it's the whole dual identity uh, thing going on. Um, Even though 2 Face is scarred on the outside. And I mean, you have that literal uh, look of two faces. There still are two people in there. And he constantly has that inner conflict because he was good. He was on the side of the law. And even though he uh, has gone to crime, there's still that good Harvey in there, which I creates great conflict for him. And I think that's what, you know, led to the, to the coin. He wanted to, he wanted, I think it was almost a way to relieve him of that conflict where he didn't have to have that inner struggle where he didn't have to make that choice himself. Um, And again, it's so tragic because I mean him and Bruce were friends. I mean, arguably um, I mean, he has just a tragic origin is a uh, Batman, if you, you know, think about it. So they're, they're very relatable and uh, the two of them are so similar and it's, yeah, there's just I think it's that, like that duality that really gets me that it really parallels the duality that um, uh, Bruce has as well.
0: And that's my
2: third spot. Awesome.
0: All right. Rounding out uh, our Mount Rushmore and coming in number four for me, occupying the Abraham Lincoln spot on my panel scanners, Mount Rushmore is, uh, you know, a lot of times I think we'd ask, can you guess? I don't think you'll get this one. I have. And again, this this is very indicative of ask me on a different day. You'll give me a different answer, but it is real. It is not. Um, uh, I have uh, Carmine the Roman Miller. Falcone. I don't know if you if you heard that. I said, I have Carmine the Roman Falcone for my number four. And I think this is because um, he's created by Frank Miller and David Mazzucchelli. First appearance, Batman number 405 in 1986. Key moments, Batman year one, Batman the animated series, Batman the Long Halloween, Batman Begins. Um, and I really, really like it when... Batman is going up against the mob. Um, I like it because, of course, I love all the colorful villains, all the guys we've already and girls we've already mentioned, but there's also something so um, grounded and, and gritty when Batman's just tackling street crime because one of the things I love about it is because in those worlds, the thugs are always acting as the top of the food chain. And when Batman's involved, they're far from it. In fact, when Batman's involved, most of those street-level thugs are so in so far over their heads that they don't know it. And through their eyes, you see Batman as a terror. To them, he is scary. He's that uh, he's the thing you don't want to run into. I mean, you can handle the cops, you can handle detectives, you can probably handle the, you, you can handle uh, other mobsters, you can handle. You know, citizen sticking out for himself, but this is someone you cannot handle. Um, And I love it when he interacts with mob bosses, you know, Mask of the Phantasm. I don't know if he's in there, but when he says, if you think I've leaned hard on you before and Batman knows he somewhat needs their network to to operate to a degree. But he also knows he can take it down at any time he wants. Like one one uh, one family may serve his purpose to take down another, and as soon as he takes out that family, he's going to take down the other one. Um, and I, to me, it's it's like one of the reasons I I so loved the Long Halloween is because although the colorful characters are there, it's a story about a family, and it's a story that you know it, it's like you slapped Batman into the Godfather, and. It's just so noirish and so and, and so to a degree. I feel like Batman's sort of grown up beyond just the street level crime. Obviously, that he's now a global competitor. He's now able to handle most of the situations that Superman would handle. Um, but at the same time, when he gets back down to that street level crime and he just goes after, you know, him grabbing a thug off the street and you know, interrogating him and seeing that thug just absolutely terrified. Like he wouldn't probably, if he were in an interrogation room at whatever precinct, he's not going to snap, but now he's hanging upside down by a thread uh, from a neo-gothic architecture laden gargoyle. And he's got this demon like bat screaming at him saying, you are going to tell me everything, you know, and he's singing like a canary Um that, that's the kind of stuff, like, that's the Batman I remember reading about um, from the 80s. Um, so uh, the I, so I think I, I I choose Carmine, the Roman Falcone, as representative of any time Batman is uh, in a story that he's going after the mob. Uh,
2: that's a great choice, and I yeah. love that. I love, love, love that. Actually, some of my favorite episodes of the animated series – or uh, when he deals with the mob, with Carmine Falcone, Tony Zuko, Rupert Thorne. Um, I, I'm so with you about him in the, the mob. There is just something special about it when he's not facing these over-the-top colorful uh, criminals. It is so grounded, and I, I love that choice so much. Fantastic.
0: And generally speaking, when those stories are taking place, Batman's also kind of on the outs with the cops, too. Like he's sort of operating in between that, and he, you know, I, I I remember Tim, you always telling me it's always so fun when Batman's on the run from the cops too. That is my favorite Batman
2: when the he's not with the law enforcement, not a deputized, you know, agent of the you know law. Yeah, that is my favorite Batman when he's he's running from the cops just as much as he's trying to fight crime while doing that. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, great, great choice. Very cool.
1: Yeah, I, I actually totally forgot about street level stuff because, again, not as not as versed in the old Batman stuff.
0: Well, that's why I used to say that for a while, the Arrow was the greatest Batman show of all time. Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> all right, rounding out my uh, my Mount Rushmore, Tim said it in jest, actually, while yelling at Darren. Uh, my <laughs> favorite is the Riddler. Um, for, for a couple reasons, uh, well, before I even jump into all that, uh, the Riddler first appeared in Detective Comics number 140, created by Bill Finger and Dick Sprang. Um, the Riddler is just part of, like, him as a criminal. I, I love the whole setting up riddles because everybody hates riddles man like it's just not something that is, is super fun and it's a level of torment that i just absolutely love because it does add a little bit of tension when there may not necessarily be any but the main reason that it popped up is uh soon after i got back into comics um i was trying to find some uh some Batman to read, uh, because I, I was always interested in it and being an adult and having a little more, uh, ability to get my hands on stuff. Um, I, I picked up Hush and, uh, I, I absolutely loved, uh, that story of, of the reeler kind of being behind everything secretly and that he was, he even finds out Bruce Wayne is Batman and, instead of telling everybody who Batman is, he, Batman turns it around on him and basically says, well, wouldn't it kind of destroy everything if you answered the greatest riddle, which is who is Batman? And so he doesn't actually share with anybody. And just like so much of that manipulation that he does. And I feel like a lot of the stuff that we've talked about with the different villains with Batman is that a lot of them really like to manipulate him. And I think Riddler is a, is a key person in doing that and, and just kind of twisting his thoughts. And I mean, th- when I think about the Arkham games, too, the the way that Riddler is almost like annoyingly around at all times. And it's the same way that I feel about him in existence with Batman, is that he's always just around the corner trying to figure out how to trick him next and how to mess with his head. Uh, and and I think that makes for a very, very good villain because you don't actually know what's coming. So my last head is the Riddler.
2: I'll go with the Riddler. I never picked the Riddler because I was never smart enough to figure out any yeah. of the I was always so frustrated. I'm like, dang it. I don't know what these mean.
1: Because nobody likes Riddles. Just go That's with a clock.
0: Just go with a clock. You'll be right 20% of the time.
2: <laughs> All right. Um my fourth and final spot has been mentioned by both of you, and I am going to go with the animated series pronunciation. I am going with Ray Shaogul. Um I won't talk too much about it, basically, because you both have talked about it and pretty much have hit the main points. Um, uh, um, Phil said uh, something that... I wanted to say that really hit home was that he has great respect for Batman. Mm -hmm. And actually I he has so much respect for Batman that he wants Batman to take over his mission. You know, that he wants uh, Batman to carry on his work. Batman actually has great respect for Rachel Ghoul as well. And, um, you're right, Darren, he is, he is a great physical match, uh, for batman and uh mentally very smart um he he's i like the fact that he's not this well i guess people could say he's crazy in a way but it's not too hard to see his point of view you kind of get where he's coming from a lot of the stuff he says makes sense about you know us destroying the environment and you know how you know humans are you know wasting resources in that, but the way he's wants to go about solving that problem, not so good, but, uh, you can, you, you kind of get it. Um, and he, he actually, he, he's a guy that carries himself with great dignity. Um, it's just, uh, he, he wasn't a character that I knew about when I was little. He, like him, also with Two-Face, and what they, those weren't, I didn't know those characters when I was a little kid, and I didn't care about it. These were more, you know, as I got older and could really appreciate um, what the goings on with these characters, what makes them tick in that. And I just think he is just, uh, just a wonderful foil for uh batman and that's
1: my fourth awesome well darren that is two mount rushmore's down
0: yeah well we're doing another one next month and it's a good one too
1: we are i'll talk about that a little bit later also but uh who are you ready for this This yes all right one of the uh,
0: you're now you're doing which title
1: so as always Retro review, uh, one of our favorite things to do, going back and reading things. I read 14 Eisner Award-winning fables. Um, it ran from July of 20 of 2002 to July of 2015, rounding out to 150 issues. I was able to get through 142. I have eight issues left that I'm probably going to knock out in the next day or so. Um, But regardless, uh, I'm going to talk about this a little bit differently than I do a lot of things. Uh, Very similar to when I tackled uh, Amazing Spider-Man 1 through 700. It's so much content. If I really went in-depth with everything, we'd be here all night. And I don't really want to do that. But uh, I'll I'll start with just kind of the premise of of Fables. Uh, So... Basically, it's fairy tales from folklore. So, um, things that uh, are free use, you know, you you don't have to pay for them. Uh, You're talking about like Snow White, Cinderella, those type of things. Um, So, these fairy tales uh, basically ran away from their homeland and they referred to themselves as fables. Uh, They form a kind of magically protected community within New York City that they call Fable Town after their homelands have been completely conquered by someone referred to as the adversary. Uh, you do find out who the adversary is. It's another, uh, f- fairy tale character, but if you ever want to read it, I don't want to ruin it for you because it's kind of a cool twist. Uh, it is set during modern day. So, uh, late two thousands, mid 20 teens. Um, and the main characters, uh, that it kind of circles at the beginning are the Fable Town's legal, Group. Uh, the sheriff, which is Big B Wolf, the big bad wolf, Deputy Mayor Snow White, her sister Rose Red. Prince Charming and Boy Blue uh, some of those are a little less known than others and they deal with troublesome things that are going on like fables within the town that are acting terrible um, and that type of thing so the main town uh, fable town is full of fables that look like human beings while there is another section that is off in the distance uh, that they call the farm the farm is your three little pigs your ogres your dragons your things that don't look like humans Humans, um, so that it's much easier to hide them from the Mundies, which is what they refer normal humans as. Um, so that's just kind of the foundation that they found this 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 town outside of their homeland because their homeland was overrun by this empire and the empire pushed them out. It was violently destroying them, enslaving them, taking away their magical items and that type of thing. Um, so this whole thing created by Bill Willingham, um, Mark Buckingham penciled 110 issues Uh, the other ones were various other people I don't want to go into all of those Uh, so like I said it is quite long so instead of going into the whole thing I'm going to touch briefly on uh, the first three tales because the tales generally wrap around somewhere between five to maybe 15 issues um, at most Um, The first five issues, which will be like your first trade, um, covers what Fable Town is, uh, Bigby Wolf working as the uh, sheriff trying to figure out who murdered uh, Rose Red, uh, Snow Wife's sister. And it's this big mystery thing of him kind of sniffing it out. And honestly, in those first five issues, I didn't understand what the big deal was. I was like, this is – I I figured it out already, like within the first issue. I was like, this is dumb. I I've seen this story before. Um, And then in the following issues, they introduced the actual farm where the people are that are kicked out of town and the the, uh, people that don't look human. And it started getting a little more interesting. There was a revolt there. Um, They were tired of being treated as, like, second-class citizens because they weren't human. Uh, And, like, you start to get a feel for each individual character, and you do start connecting to the different people. And you start feeling that Bigby, even though, like, he is in human form, like he's treated like he is an animal. And so you see these relationships develop throughout the whole uh, story of – like them falling in love them falling out of love you learn to hate people like um prince charming is an absolute tool he (laughs) he is the he's so bad like he's a womanizer he just sleeps with women uses them and then moves on as soon as he gets the chance and he's like and that's just kind of the character he is and everybody just kind of hates him um, until much later when they go back to the homelands to fight the war that they needed to fight to take back what the adversary took from them, uh, which is like the big arc between issues like 36 to the early 40s. Um, and then they dive a little bit more into Big B Wolf and Snow White and there's romance there. Um, which is a, an unexpected romance. It's actually you get hints toward it um as like a short story at the back of uh, the first batch of issues where it's all about big bad wolf saving these slaves from the slave traders in the homelands and one has dark black hair and one has red hair. so it's you're you're meant to figure out that it's rose red and snow white and he doesn't eat them and he decides to save them instead. and it's because he like, fell in love with her right then and then like later on like he's trying his best to be with her but she looks at him like an animal and uh going further into the story you find out that like because of the fates he was actually supposed to end up with her anyway and there's this big massive thing dealing with that um leading toward the end and like the fact that he's not just a wolf that he's also a god and there's all it's just it's just so many pieces of moving story throughout and you just look at these characters that have been around forever in such a different light Um like I said you, you wouldn't think that Prince Charming is, is, is this jerk you wouldn't think that the big bad wolf is this hero who everybody looks up to and expects to protect Um Beast and Beauty uh are this really weird couple in which they just fight with each other constantly and that's like part of the curse is that they have to argue and that like keeps him from like turning into his beast form and it's just it's so interesting and such a weird look at how it would be if fables actually did exist in the world that we live in um and i mean it's an undertaking like I said, 150 issues, and that's not any of the spin offs. There were a handful of spin offs uh, dealing with various characters that uh, either left Fable Town or just had little side things that happened during there. There is a video game, uh Telltale game called. Um, the Wolf Among Us, I believe is what it was called. Um, it's a prequel to where the, the books actually pick up, where you are Detective Bigby Wolf and you you do uh, a mystery there, which I actually want to play now that I, I'm basically done with this thing. Um, like I said, tons of awards.
2: So wait a minute. I'm sorry to interrupt. So the, the game is actually based on this comic series?
1: Yeah, it's the prequel. Huh. The Wolf Among Us is the prequel to it. I've always
2: I actually have the game on my computer. I've never played it, but I, I want I'm very I've heard it's excellent. I, I did too,
1: but it was one of those things like I was like I'm never reading fables. It's never like it's it's overwhelming at the point that I wanted to read it. It was published by Vertigo, which doesn't even exist anymore, right?
0: No, it's it's gone so, It's gone. The, yeah. and, that's DC's and that's, black label.
1: Yeah, and I I was like, I'm never going to get my hands on this. I'm never going to read it. Uh, This podcast pushed me to do it um, because I wanted to read something. I I wanted an undertaking because we were in quarantine, and I wanted something that would be – that is supposedly very, very good. Um, And I will say overall, uh, very, very enjoyable. I've been reading them in trade format. Uh, One of my good friends, John, lent me uh, trades 4 through 23. Um, So he had all of them, but I'd already read the first couple. Uh, I was picking them up digitally for uh, free. Um, Overall, I did enjoy it. Uh, There is a dead point and it sucks because it's like dead center of the read, um, which is dealing with uh, Jack as in Jack of Fables Jack climb up the beanstalk that Jack um and he is part of another group called the Literals, and they come in and it's just boring and pointless and it's it, it's like five issues of just not great and followed by one of the the one of my favorites which is Boy Blue going on a mission back to the homelands before they are going to re Attack it, and his mission is to assassinate the adversary, and that's when you find out who the adversary is, which is a huge deal and a very big like surprise because of some of the things that is said in Fabletown, and I mean it's very very solid writing, and surprising stuff happens throughout. Um, I tried my best, as always, with these retros to keep spoilers to a minimum in case anybody ever does want to tackle these things. Uh, I mean. Fables is pretty readily available. I, I think most of it's collected uh, in larger volumes. If not, the trades are available pretty much anywhere. Um, just if you do, be ready for a lot of reading and, um, and some really good stuff. And some stuff you can skip pretty easily, too. You, you can get a feel for it while you're reading it that uh, some of the issues toward the back of the trades are tag-ons that are just not very necessary for you to understand what's going on. And you can just skip them. Uh, I didn't, but you definitely can. Uh, so overall, definitely worth the time. Uh, I'm excited to finish it. I I'm getting I'm wrapping it up. It's a uh, Camelot storyline to kind of wrap up the end of it uh, with a character that basically is bringing Camelot back from the nothing that happened after it fell and you're starting to see history repeat itself with it. Like anything that is Camelot is cursed to be the same as King Arthur's Camelot. So I'm interested to see how it plays out. Cause I think it's going to go real bad. Um, but it is, it's a fun read. Uh, it, it it's definitely adult. Um, you will see a few wieners in it. Um, it, it, it it's, uh, it's, it's very interesting. Um, And if you've ever kind of had a thought of, like, I wonder what it would be like if fables lived in today's world, this is this is it. This is 100 percent it.
0: So, uh, Phil, now that we've as we've grown more flexible with our end of the year awards, is it safe to say we'll be hearing more about this come December?
1: I don't know. Because because of all the extra time we've had, uh, I have read a lot of stuff that even I haven't talked about on the podcast because we only have so much time when we're on here. Um, so who knows? Maybe this might be my favorite thing that I I've read this past year. It might not be. I mean, there there's a okay. like I said, there there was enough downtime in the middle that it took away from it. Um, I wouldn't say it was as bad as the '90s Amazing Spider-Man, but it 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 had it it really pulled me out um so much so that I was talking to a couple people uh at carolyn johns and they said that's when they bowed out um that's that's how rough it is no matter how good it is prior to that but the back half is fantastic
0: um now this started pretty early in the 2000s didn't you say 2002 five 2005 okay so early 2000s in it it um it, 2002
1: you're right yeah okay
0: <clears throat> so We've seen a lot of uh, fairy tale, like fair, come after that fairy quest once mm-hmm. in the future. Do you think this sort of kickstarted that genre to some degree?
1: Well, I'm sure. I mean, like, no matter how crappy this sounds, it is the thing that, like, you don't have to really create your own characters, right? They're public domain. So you, you come in and you're like, they're public domain, and you literally go and you look it up and you're like, is this character free to use? Sure. Okay. I can use it. Um, and that's actually one of the things that uh, Bill Willingham said is basically, can we use this guy for free? Do I want to use it now that I know it's free? And uh, that's why like Big Bad Wolf, Bigby is his, his lead character because he is, he is, super free and very easy to use and very easy to manipulate because we didn't get a lot about him as a character in all these stories and then they obviously play it so he's the same wolf that blew down the the pig's houses he's also the wolf that ate red riding hood so like there's 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 interesting stuff like that um but i do i i'm sure in especially back in like 2002 something like this picked up like that's probably why we got what was that show? Once upon a time, and all that stuff started coming up because it was more like this was accepted. People loved it, and why not do more of something that people love?
2: It all stemmed from Shrek when they uh, all went into the all the fairy tale creatures went into the woods.
0: What year did <laughs> Shrek come out? It was before that, uh, late nineties, early two thousands. Pretty early two thousands, right?
1: i would say early 2000s i wonder if it was i wonder if they're contemporaries of each other 2001 shrek came out
2: wow hmm
1: i don't hmm that's interesting (laughs) that is very interesting
2: because Uh, if, if i if i do recall isn't uh in the sequel isn't prince charming kind of a jerk too
1: well, at that point he would have already existed in this so maybe maybe oh, Shrek stole it from this. I don't know. You,
2: you stole from us we steal from you. I get it. <laughs> I mean it was a
1: different type of jerk though like Prince Charming is just a scumbag like it's yeah your opinion will change about him but he is a scumbag to begin with uh, yeah he basically overthrows the mayor at some point it's it's rough. Um, Yeah, and like I said, it's good. It's very – It's again, when it's something this long, it's really hard to talk about without delving too deeply into spoilers or too deeply into things, especially if either one of you or anybody listening has any interest of diving into this, uh, knowing that it's overwhelming. And no matter how many times people can tell you something's good, like – you have to experience it yourself and, and this was one of those it was the same as when i read saga like I, that's what i've been doing right in the most recent shows is going back and reading stuff that people are like you need to read this and i'm finally doing it and and i'm i'm having good experiences so far
0: our former co-host johnny we spoke about fable so often we actually had to have him stop because he would cry while talking about it and he loved it so much
1: <laughs> which is which i'm not there um <laughs> <laughs> It didn't. It didn't have an emotional effect on me. Hey man, uh,
0: I've I've read some comics that got me there in in years past. I don't blame Johnny whatsoever. I was no, me it, either. It, it's it's one of those things that he just you know it just it hit it hit that sweet spot, man.
1: Yeah, I mean, dude, I almost cried over Spider-Man. Let's let's not let's not. That was bad. It gets you. We love. I almost this.
2: cried <laughs> over Nightfall. <laughs> How bad oh. it was.
1: Oh, we should make you I do almost cried
0: being lectured at in a car for 45 minutes about how bad nightfall was. <laughs> oh
2: my God. I, I, I think I after I lectured you, I got it all out of my system, and I just forgot everything about and, and it. I, and, I,
0: and I thought, someday, I'm going to start a radio show or something, and we're going to talk about this on the air. You just wait. You'll see. <laughs> <laughs>
2: hey, how does that make you feel? Yeah, look at it. It, it forms such an impact on your life, and I have
0: no recollection of it whatsoever. <laughs> it won't be this year. It won't be next year, but someday, Tim. <laughs> Phil, that was fantastic. Thank you. I've not had the opportunity to read it, and sadly, with uh, the amount of stuff that we sort of put upon ourselves, I don't know how far, I, I, when I'll get to it, but we put a lot upon ourselves to you know, be able to produce this podcast and, and keep up to date with some comics. But, I mean, that has been one of those comics that, Non-comic book readers, or I would say t- those who traditionally don't read comics, often find themselves gravitated towards. So, I mean, it's it's a big deal. Any, and I, and I hate saying this because it seems weird to say it, but at the same time, it's pretty much everything out there has gone down the road of potential adaptation. Even last month, I, I was talking when I did my review of Dreadstar, that's out there. Any whispers about that? Any... Any uh, anything coming down the pike that we should be uh, on the lookout for?
1: Not that I know of. Like uh, it just seems that. That's interesting. I, they it? did that game. Yeah, I I don't know. I maybe maybe Bill Willingham's just done with it. I I really don't know. I I mean it's something I'll definitely keep my ears and eyes open for. But I I don't know how well it would translate. Really, like I feel like it'd be one of those things that it seems like it'd be so easy to translate, but they'd probably overdo it. Maybe you're right. Yeah, and maybe that's why it hasn't happened, because it does. That happens a lot with stuff like this, especially something so simplistic that they wouldn't even really have to... They'd put computer animation in when it wasn't necessary. I I guarantee it. For no reason. So, I don't know. I I haven't heard anything. I'll I'll keep my ear to the ground, though. I I would be interested, but... Nothing as of now. Um, I will play a Telltale game at some point, though, because Telltale is great.
2: I've been meaning to play it. And after hearing this, I'm definitely interested. That might, since it's a prequel, it might be a jumping off point for me.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you don't like, but I mean, I I've heard good things about it. So if anything, it's probably going to be a jumping on point. So that's what I
2: meant. I'm sorry. Be warned.
1: Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that's fables. Um, definitely recommend it. If you have the time to uh, read a hundred and uh, you know, 50 issues of, of comic. <laughs> Who doesn't have that time i i don't know i'm like i said i didn't even make it yet so and i've been working on it for two months something like that so yeah well (laughs) uh you guys have anything else that is pressing
0: uh no excellent job phil i think that uh that that it's 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 one of those comic series it's it's a wonderful It's wonderful to see that get such notoriety outside of comics, especially for those of us who like the industry so much. So thank you for doing Mm -hmm.
1: that. Yeah. uh, It was definitely my pleasure. I I really enjoyed the read. Uh, Tim, you got anything?
0: No, I don't.
2: Thanks, Phil. That was awesome. It really was cool.
1: Uh, Any clue as to uh, what you might be retroing
2: for us? (laughs) No. (laughs) Seeing that I don't even know yet, I really give you a clue. It's going to be be incredible.
1: incredible. I'm sure it will be. (laughs) I'm sure it will be. Uh, Otherwise, uh, next month, just the normal while we're away and uh, another Mountain Rushmore Spider-Man villains, I do believe. Yeah, Uh, I think that
0: uh, next to Batman, that's probably the best of the rogues galleries that comics has to offer.
1: That one is way more up my alley, so that'll be uh, special for me. So uh, until next time, you can always follow us uh, at Panel Scanners at on Instagram. Uh, let us know what your Mount Rushmore of Batman villains are. That'd be really cool. Let me know what you think about Fables, and you know, give us a review. Drop us a line where you download as well. We'd be happy to communicate with you.
0: For God's sake, so, someone reach out to this man on the Instagram, please. <laughs> give him talk some content. You never Regardless.
1: mentioned it on the air. Well, oh, yeah, it's true. I should. That'd be that'd be smart. Regardless, until next time, enjoy your comics.